1: Alvin Bragg must have snoozed and snored his way through the constitutional law class at Harvard. Did he even pass? What grade did he get? Maybe an F is a passing grade there. That's the only explanation. Not only did the Manhattan District Attorney fail to assert the underlying crime for which he charged Donald Trump, But in a stupefying news conference, he informed reporters that the law doesn't require him to do so. Yes, it does. Even a half-awake first-year law student knows that. So maybe Harvard doesn't teach the contents of that pesky document called the Bill of Rights. The Sixth Amendment requires that a defendant be told the specific law he has violated, and the exact crime he supposedly committed. As far back as 1876, the U.S. Supreme Court made it abundantly clear that an accused is entitled to know what he's done wrong in order to defend himself. It's called due process. But in Alvin Bragg's fantasy world of Alice in Wonderland, no such right exists. The Mad Hatter DA took a minor bookkeeping misdemeanor and pumped it up to a felony by arguing that then candidate Trump falsified business records back in 2016, quote, with intent to defraud and intent to commit another crime, end of quote. All right. What crime? Who was defrauded? It's his company. Did he defraud himself? Well, nobody really knows, least of all the defendant. And Alvin Bragg refuses to say, like charades, it's a fun guessing game for people of all ages, except the loser gets to spend time behind bars. Attorney, Fox News legal analyst, and two-time New York Times best-selling author, this is The Brief with Greg Jarrett. Experts say that China is hoarding a massive amount of food. They will soon have over half the world's wheat. What does this mean for you and me? Two words, food shortages. That's why you should stock up on the best-selling Four Patriots Survival Food. Create your own stockpile by using the code Greg, G-R-E-G-G. For Patriots Survival Food is hand-packed in the USA with different delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, and their five-star reviews on the website rave about the flavor and taste. Just go to forpatriots.com and use the code GREGG to get 10% off your first purchase of Four Patriots Survival Food. That's forpatriots.com. Use the code GREG, G-R-E-G-G. Any fair and competent judge with an IQ slightly above 85 would have torn up the Trump indictment before it ever emerged from the grand jury room. It was constitutionally defective on its face, terminally deficient. Unfortunately for Trump, New York judges are known less for their intelligence and legal acumen and more for their political bias that runs in only one direction, the liberal direction. Hence, Judge Juan Mershon seems utterly unbothered by a fallacious indictment that obliterates the rights of the accused. Such contempt for the rule of law is par for the course in Mershon's courtroom. Forget about his honor's puny contributions to Progressive groups like Stop Republicans. Oh, and the cash he gave to the defendant's political opponent, Joe Biden, in 2020. Sure, it's a violation of judicial ethics. Check out Section 100.5 of the New York Code of Judicial Conduct. But Mershon's prejudicial and partisan rulings in other Trump-related cases serve as a tutorial on judicial contortions. He should be booted from the case for cause. The defense would be wise to exercise this right in a pretrial motion for recusal. Mershon hasn't cornered the market on ethical demolitions. Alvin Bragg committed the worst kind of prosecutorial abuse when he promised voters that he would indict and convict Trump if elected. Now, bear in mind, he had no access to the files. He knew nothing about the evidence, yet he prejudged the case and preordained an outcome just to worm his way into office. And it worked. Now he's vying to fulfill his campaign pledge and advance his slimy career. Once he was sworn in, Bragg scoured the law books to find an offense that he could pin on Trump. He was chasing Trump, not crimes. And therein lies the DA's dilemma. No crime exists, which is why he's resorted to inventing one, but won't tell the defendant what it is. In his press briefing, he vaguely alluded to federal campaign finance laws, over which Bragg has no jurisdictional authority whatsoever. He copied and pasted the same accusation 34 times, only altering the dates. Well, replicating a singular transaction nearly three dozen times underscores its absurdity. Bragg's political motive for persecuting Trump was laid bare by his former assistant, Mark Pomerantz, who penned a tell-all book boasting that Trump had to be stopped because, quote, he posed a real danger to the country and to the ideals that mattered to me. This is precisely what prosecutors are duty-bound not to do. Targeting a person because you despise him personally and loathe his political views. That's grounds for disbarment. It's selective prosecution and prosecutorial misconduct In the extreme, Congressman Jim Jordan, chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, is investigating Bragg and his unscrupulous cronies. Jordan correctly suspects that the DA's indictment of the leading candidate running against Bragg's party is a deliberate attempt to interfere in a presidential election that voters should decide, not a crummy local prosecutor with an agenda. Moreover, Bragg seeks to criminalize campaign finance laws by usurping the power of federal prosecutors who already concluded that the payments in question to a porn actress were not criminal at all. And Bragg used federal money to do it. Even people on the left are openly fretting how the Trump indictment is legally decrepit and politically motivated. When you lose your cheerleading squad, there's something crooked about the game and the players. That indictment landed like, uh, like a dud, right?
0: For this to take the historic step of being the first indictment of a former president, I think it's a bit disappointing how not strong it is. And
1: maybe one of the greater weaknesses is how the felony charges will hold up When they are challenged by Mr. Trump's defense attorney, whether or not these election law violations will truly result in felony charges. If they want to argue that those documents
0: were falsified uh, in furtherance of something that is a federal election law violation, that's shaky legal ground.
1: I worry. I mean, look, if this is the only pebble that gets thrown at Donald Trump, uh, it's a very small pebble.
0: In terms of a case that's being brought against a former president, it's a little
1: underwhelming. One of the players in this sordid case is Michael Cohen, the disgraced and disbarred ex-lawyer for Trump. Among misfits and miscreants, Cohen is in a class of his own. He's a notorious perjurer who went to prison for lying to the IRS, lying to banks, and lying to Congress. He's so sleazy, he gives scoundrels a bad name. On cross-examination, he'll be chopped into mincemeat. And then there's Stormy Daniels. If you want to know what a dullard she is, check out a recent interview with Piers Morgan on Fox Nation. She referred to Trump's crimes against me. Really, that's a quote. Crimes against me. What crimes? It's not against the law to have consensual sex, Under no construction of the facts is Stormy a victim of a crime. To the contrary, one could argue that she is the perpetrator of a crime. It's called extortion. Daniels threatened to go public with the alleged affair, which Donald Trump vigorously denies, unless she was paid a load of money. Well, I've got news for you, Stormy. Demands for cash... Accompanied by threats and coercion, that's extortion. There's a line between legal bargaining and criminality, and Stormy appears to have crossed it. It was always a mistake for Trump's idiot lawyer, Michael Cohen, to capitulate. He should have gone to law enforcement and filed a formal extortion complaint. Now Stormy is impersonating a victim. In truth, she resembles a villain. Pure as the driven snow, she is not. Let's review. Daniels claims to have had an affair with a married man almost two decades ago. And then a decade later, just as he happened to be running for president, she tried to shake him down for money. And indeed, she did. Thereafter, she broke the terms of the non-disclosure agreement and, that she executed by writing a trashy book and giving a mindless interview to 60 Minutes. Stormy is hardly a paragon of virtue or reliability. She famously contradicted herself. You'll recall that in January of 2018, she signed and released a public statement stating that she never once had a sexual relationship with Donald Trump. Oh, but now she claims that she lied in the signed letter and did have sex. So which was the falsehood, the first one or the second one? They can't both be true. No semi-intelligent prosecutor would be foolish enough to put Daniels on the witness stand. She would self-immolate in a nanosecond. But Alvin Bragg appears the fool. So perhaps we'll see Stormy in the courtroom dressed as Marion the Librarian. She has every motive to lie. I wonder how she'll explain her defamation lawsuit against Trump. That case spectacularly flamed out, and the court actually ordered Stormy to pay Trump's legal fees. In all, she owes him more than $600,000. Unrepentant, Daniels declared I will go to jail before I pay a penny. Hey, that's not a bad idea. Toss her in the hoose gal. That's where she belongs. It's truly amazing how the mainstream media has lionized this porn actress. My old friend and colleague, Megan Kelly, quipped that the press treats her like Joan of Arc. The once respected Vogue magazine gave Stormy a splashy spread. Naturally, Daniels adores the attention, trying to monetize her tacky tail in any way she can. Stormy told Morgan that she yearns to testify against Trump. Well, of course she does. She dreams of taking center stage. Like the washed-up Norma Desmond character in Sunset Boulevard, you can almost hear Daniels announce with confidence I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille. After that, the insufferable Norma was taken into custody and shipped off to jail. That would be a fitting end to this sordid melodrama starring Stormy Daniels. Joining me now to talk about it is Boris Epstein, an attorney who previously served as is it Epstein or Epstein,
0: pal? It's Epstein. You got it exactly right. It's Epstein. Yeah,
1: I thought so. All right, here we go. Let me try it one more time. Joining me now to talk about it is Boris Epstein, an attorney who previously served as special assistant to President Trump. He's currently counsel and senior advisor to former Trump President Trump. Uh, Boris, thanks uh, for taking the time to join the brief. There are a lot of polls out there. Has Alvin Bragg's recent indictment boosted Trump's standing among Republican voters, uh, not to mention donations, to his campaign?
0: Greg, well, thank you so much for having me. And here's what I will say. President Trump is the absolutely irrefutable, undisputed leader of the American people, and specifically the Republican Party and the MAGA movement. And you're seeing that in the polls all across the country. I mean, there was a Reuters poll that came out Late last week, President Trump was at 58, uh, and the next even potential contender or pretender, as I like to call them, is at 21. So President Trump, that's Reuters Ipsos, that is a left of center poll. And if you look at the state polls in New Hampshire, state polls in Florida, state polls in Iowa, all across the country, President Trump is dominating this race, and a part of the reason is because he is standing up against weaponization, he's standing up against targeting by law enforcement, and you know, this targeting by law enforcement being a new tool in the election interference toolbox of the radical woke left. President Trump is not going to back down. He's not going to be deterred. I had the honor of being with him in New York last week and being there at Mar a Lago when he gave that historic speech, talking about all of the hoaxes, all of the witch hunts that they've thrown at him. And another very obvious reason, another very obvious example of his strength is all of this nonsense that they're throwing at him because the Democrats know that he is by far their strongest political opponent, and that's evidenced in the polls.
1: You mentioned interfering in a presidential election, which is exactly what the House Judiciary Committee and its chairman, Representative Jim Jordan, are concerned about and have said so in writing as they have subpoenaed records from the district attorney Alvin Bragg's office and the people who worked on this case. Is that a concern that this is a local DA who has invented uh, a crime to charge Trump in a a rather blatant effort uh, to interfere with and dictate the outcome of an upcoming presidential election?
0: Greg, Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg, Ran on "quote unquote" getting Trump. So did New York, uh, New York State AG Letitia James. So did Fani Willis in Georgia. So have so many Democrats nationally. There's absolutely no question that Democrats have made it their goal, have made it their raison d'être in a lot of ways, have really made it their focus to get Trump at any cost. And this weak, pathetic, empty indictment, which doesn't say in the document, which is public doesn't say anything it has no allegation and they you know they're calling the one of the charges a felony but they haven't even spelled out what that is and that is an that is an extremely weak and extremely uh, deeply unacceptable and frankly I, i believe unconstitutional tactic to take and the reason that they have had to do this is because the democrats know that president trump did nothing wrong he did nothing wrong you know in the manhattan case he did absolutely nothing wrong in the in the new york ag case and all of the other again witch hunts that they've thrown at him and go back to 2015 they've been doing this now Greg, for almost 10 years right you've got russia 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 which you've written extensively about ukraine 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 the two impeachments which only served again to rally the american people closer behind President Donald J. Trump, the unconstitutional raid on his home at Mar-a-Lago. If you look at all of these undertakings, all of these efforts, what have they resulted in? Greater support for President Trump. And as you mentioned, that, that, that's reflected both in the polls and the fundraising. Thus, the grassroots small, small dollar fundraising absolutely off the charts since this, I believe, illegal indictment of President Trump the, there's been over ten million dollars raised by President Trump's campaign now, even higher, and a huge chunk of that is in those small dollar denominations. Why? Because the American people believe that President Trump is the leader they need right now. They look at what's happening in our country on the border, look at what's happening in our country, uh, in our country in terms of the. Uh, Historic economic weakness. Look how we're being disrespected by our our adversaries and allies alike. And they need President Trump back in office as soon as possible. And that scares the Democrats very much.
1: During last week's arraignment, uh, the judge set the next in person hearing for December 4th. That's now, as you know, roughly two months before the official start of the 2024 Republican primary calendar. Uh, Won't this interfere with the campaign, which, frankly, I suspect is Judge Mershon's goal?
0: This whole undertaking, you know, setting aside any specifics, this whole undertaking has been done by the Democrats, is precipitated by the Democrats specifically to interfere in the election. President Trump has been vocally talking about this issue, the fact that now the Democrats They've gone past just flooding the ballots and gutting the checks. They've gone past, you know, their usual rigging and stealing of elections, which is my, you know, I f- firmly believe the 2020 election was rigged and stolen. That's my perspective. And now they're moving on to using law enforcement to weaponizing our ju- judicial system, our justice, justice system against opposing candidates. And first and foremost among them is President Donald J. Trump. The Democrats know they cannot beat him at the ballot box. They know they cannot beat the MAGA movement at the ballot box. So now they're doing all they can to use weaponized law enforcement and our judicial system to try and defeat President Trump. But they have have failed so far and they will continue to fail because President Trump did nothing wrong. President Trump is in the right and he will beat these hoaxes just like he's beat every single one up to now.
1: I want to come back to something you said a few minutes ago that in your view, and I share this view, the indictment fails to state the underlying crime for which Trump is charged. I mean, when I read the 16 pages and you go through these 34 charges that are all redundant, you know, it was copied and pasted and, you know, the dates were altered and that's about it, which doesn't make it 30 times stronger But, you know, even legal experts on the left and some Democrats have criticized the indictment as as weak and defective. Um, I suspect that Alvin Bragg's refusal to state the crime is driven by the fact that he can't figure out what crime he can charge under. I mean, it can't be a state campaign violation because it was a federal election, and he doesn't have the jurisdictional authority to pursue a federal campaign felony because he's a local prosecutor. And yet, I I think the judge has now given him, what, eight months to try to figure out what underlying crime he can charge Trump with as I mentioned in my introductory remarks, it's a violation of the Sixth Amendment going back all the way to Supreme Court decisions in 1876, in which the high court has said and and consistently repeated since then, you got to tell somebody what law he's violated, uh, what crime he has purportedly committed. And yet, this indictment doesn't do it. And this judge, Mershon presided over the grand jury proceedings, a, a you know fair, honest, neutral judge would have said to the grand jurors, look, I've read your proposed indictment. It, it's a constitutional violation. You have to state the crime. But Judge Mershon didn't do that. Uh, are, are you concerned about the judge's fairness?
0: Greg, what I'm concerned with is the fairness of the whole overall process. And that very much includes the judge and deeply includes the fact that the Manhattan DA first decided not to bring this case. It was a zombie case in the Manhattan DA's office, as we know from Mark Pomerantz's book, which is another absolutely shocking violation of attorney ethics, violation of propriety, and violation of our American judicial system. You had, Greg, you had a prosecutor join the Manhattan DA's office from a Clinton-affiliated firm, Paul Weiss, run by Chuck Schumer's brother, Robert Schumer. Mark Pomerantz joins the Manhattan DA's office, does it pro bono for free, with his goal being, again, to get Trump. He's not able to do so. He leaves, writes a tell-all book, including grand jury proceedings, and appears, either takes part in bullying or intimidating whatever it is, Alvin Bragg, into bringing these nonsense charges, and, and to your point, again, without spelling out what the main underlying allegation is. What does that mean, Greg? What it means is that when you go to the bottom line of it all, there was no error, no misdemeanor, no affair, no crime, and no case. And everyone knows it. And you've seen that written not just in conservative circles, and you've done amazing writing on this, but you've seen this in Vox, you've seen this in the Washington Post. There's been an outcry, And now some the honest writers are saying, we know that these are all hoaxes, all of them. They're all witch hunts against President Trump. Full stop, witch hunts against President Trump. Now, but then the far left is saying, we don't like the Manhattan DA keys because it's by far the weakest one of them all. Whatever the reason is, this action by the Manhattan DA has been universally, universally derided. And why is that? Because everyone knows that there was absolutely no crime and no case there. And now we have to have at least some hope in our judicial system that it will come up with the right answer and that this case will be where it should be in the trash bin.
1: Speaking of ethical violations, Judge Juan Mershon, who's presiding over this case, uh, he donated to Joe Biden's 2020 campaign. He contributed to progressive groups like Stop Republicans Yes, the amount was not a huge amount. It was fairly insignificant, but that's irrelevant. I mean, I read through again today the New York Code of Judicial Conduct. It states very clearly, you are not, if you were a judge, to give a penny to a political campaign or a political organization, period. Doesn't matter if it's $1 or $100 or $1,000, you can't do it. Uh, And if you do do it, you are subject to ethical challenges and misconduct charges under the New York Code of Judicial Conduct. And Mershon, beyond that, also presided over the other Trump-related cases in New York and seemed to consistently side with prosecutors against uh, the defense. So uh, is that yet another reason to question the judge's fairness? And will the legal team uh, seek to uh, force the judge to disqualify himself or
0: recuse himself? There's no doubt that it is troubling that any participant, and especially a judge in the judicial process, appears to have political involvement with the opposing party, of somebody who's in front of them. There's no doubt that that is a, that is a problem. And these are problematic facts, deeply problematic facts. I don't want to get ahead of the legal team, but here's what I will tell you that this information is now widely known and President Trump is absolutely undoubtedly entitled to an impartial judge and an impartial jury. The sixth amendment, the constitution overall gives him that absolute right. So donations to the opposing party, support for the opposing party, support for uh, the opposing causes, all of those are extremely deeply troubling facts. But what do they point to overall, Greg? What they point to is that our judicial system is in trouble. We need, we need judges who are impartial. We need judges who are not political. We need juries who are, which are absolutely impartial no matter what, where they are. And most importantly, we need prosecutors who are not persecutors, Greg. We need prosecutors who are not on a crusade, no matter whether whether they're elected or not, we need prosecutors who apply the law and not apply their political vendettas, which is what's being done all across the country against President Trump and the MAGA movement. But there is hope. There was a very consequential decision in the DC circuit on Friday regarding the intent issue on the January 6th defendants, pushing back hard on the Department of Justice's position the, that intent isn't even necessary, but that saying that corrupt, corrupt intent is a absolutely vital part of any of these cases that are being brought. Now, apparently, the Department of Justice is in trouble on over 600 cases after that decision. So we have to loudly and strongly stand for impartiality in our justice system and for an end to weaponization. And President Trump is the leader of pushing back against weaponization and targeting by law enforcement, as well as that weaponization and targeting being another tool in the election interference toolbox of the radical left.
1: You mentioned it's a fundamental tenet of law that a defendant is entitled to a fair trial from a fair judge and a fair jury. Uh, that's not the case here in in Manhattan. Roughly 85% of the voters in the New York district from which this jury pool will be called, cast ballots against Donald Trump. And as you point out correctly, and I have said so as well, when Alvin Bragg was running for office, he promised those same voters that he would indict and convict Trump. I can't think of anything more egregiously unethical for a candidate for DA to prejudge a case before he even is sworn into office and gains access to the facts and the evidence and the files, but he did it anyway. And so to me, this means the venue is tainted against the accused. Um, I think this merits a change of venue. Is that something the legal team will
0: consider uh, demanding? Greg, I think going back to the key point here is vital. Is that the Sixth Amendment guarantees all of us an impartial judicial process, an impartial judge and jury. And President Trump, his legal team, all of us who have the honor of working for him and all Americans have to insist on that at every single turn. Again, we have got to restore that impartiality in our process. And that has to be done in this case. That has to be done regarding all of the hoaxes and witch hunts. Being thrown at President Trump because, again, they're coming after him because they're afraid of him because he fights for us. That is what's happening, and using the Sixth Amendment as the vital tenet of that impartiality is a is a big part, a major, a major focus of all of us, and of course under the leadership of President Donald J. Trump.
1: Uh, even Democrats are openly fretting that this indictment was politically motivated and indeed it is because uh alvin bragg's former assistant uh mark pomerantz wrote a book uh and and incriminates uh that political motivation he openly admits that trump was targeted because the da's office despises donald trump personally opposes his political views It was a threat to my ideals, said Pomerantz. I don't give a damn about Pomerantz's ideals. That should never be a factor in bringing a criminal case. So it it strikes me that this is grounds for a challenge of the indictment based on prosecutorial misconduct and abuse and selective prosecution. Uh, I imagine you agree.
0: I fully believe. That prosecutors, persecutors, all Democrats all across the country, and not all of them, but way too many of them, have been involved and carrying out deep prosecutorial misconduct. And I t- fully agree that that's the case here with the Manhattan DA, that is undoubtedly prosecutorial misconduct to harass and persecute President Trump and his family. The same thing with the New York State AG Letitia James. The same thing happening with the quote-unquote special prosecutor in Washington, D.C., same thing in Georgia. These persecutions, these witch hunts, this prosecutorial misconduct has to end. It is an absolute epidemic of that action. There's an epidemic of prosecutorial misconduct against President Trump, against his family, his business, and his MAGA movement, and it has to be put to a stop.
1: You know, the other aspect of this is that Bragg is usurping federal authority. Uh, He has no right to do that. Uh, I would think that that would also be a grounds for tossing out the indictment on a motion to dismiss. Uh, It is so confounding that the feds looked at this case. And they're the only ones with authority under the federal campaign finance laws. They looked at the case. They determined the payments. Do not constitute criminal acts. So do the Federal Election Commission. They're the experts on campaign finance. They said this: th- these donations are not, under any circumstances, uh, contributions to the campaign. There is an obvious other dual purpose to it, uh, and therefore this this renders uh, the campaign finance laws irrelevant in inoperative uh is that the expected defense to these inflated charges that even if you even if marchand incorrectly allows this case to go forward there's just not a campaign donation period no crime
0: greg this is actually a vital point an FEC commissioner federal election commission commissioner Came out just this last week. He took a picture of the FEC hearing room and said, this is where campaign violations are heard and was very specific in that there's no campaign violation whatsoever anywhere near this nonsense being brought by the Manhattan DA. And how do we know it? Because the FEC already looked at this issue. And as you said, the DOJ, the Southern District of New York, already looked at it and turned it down. This quote-unquote zombie case, as, as it was called inside the Manhattan DA's office. The zombie case was turned down by prosecutor after prosecutor and by the FEC. It had no business being brought, and everybody knows it, from the left to the center to the right. It is nothing but a politicized, weaponized hopes.
1: Uh, last question, and, and by the way, for our listeners, you know, zombie case. In other words, it was a completely dead case, and yet Alvin Bragg kept trying to dig up the grave and resurrect uh, the skeleton of a case. Joe Tacopino has has promised, he is one of the defense attorneys in the, in the case, he has promised that this case will never get to a jury. You agree with that?
0: I agree that this case should not get to a jury. I agree that this this is a case which has no legal or factual underpinning whatsoever. It is probably the clearest highlight, the clearest example, Greg, of the weaponization and targeting we're talking about, even though all the other ones are absolutely in the same boat. The Georgia nonsense, the absolute weak investigation if you can call them regarding january 6th and the boxes president trump has done nothing wrong on any of these fronts and it is clear as day that they're just being used to harass to persecute and again to interfere with the presidential election where president trump is dominating the polls among republicans and among democrats and the american people see it as exactly that
1: Boris Epstein, who is a veteran lawyer, he's serving as senior advisor and counsel to former President Trump. Boris, thanks so much for taking the time to join The Brief. Appreciate it.
0: Greg, thanks so much for having me. God bless you and your audience.
1: Thank you. And that's The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. Thanks for listening.